You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that thing. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we blast off to fight the Nazis and get the girl as we review The Rocketeer. But first, Eddie, how's the family doing? We are doing uh, just peachy. We are... Fresh off of a, a big camping trip, and uh, I know you cannot relate to this, JB. Because <laughs> not at all. Camping is not. But we, uh, we at the beginning of quarantine, found a great deal on a pop-up camper, a 1989 pop-up yes, camper, yes. and spent a whole bunch of time uh, during the lockdown fixing it up, making it our own, and modernizing it a little bit. So... We uh, we wanted to get out and use it, so we went on a really big camping trip, and and I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but uh, usually, you know, the most stressful moment of any camping trip is backing the camper into the camping spot. <laughs> this is the as soon as you get past that, it's wonderful. We love it. There's no problems. We you know. The other inconveniences aren't really inconveniences to us. Uh, and there's this new thing that's developed, because I'm new to this. I We used to be tent campers. Uh, and, and so I'm a little, you know, I'm a little nervous, a little insecure in my manhood, right? Like, I should be better at this, but it's really hard, especially uh, it's a tiny, it's a tiny, tiny camper, you know? And it's we're pulling it with a minivan. So the physics is just crazy here trying to maneuver all of this. <laughs> And uh, there has been this new thing that I've realized our kids know when this is about to happen, because literally like the second I click into reverse to begin this very intense, stressful process, I mean, click into reverse, the kids lose it. <laughs> you mean like mad, angry, whatever? Ellie's screaming she needs food immediately <laughs> lewis is like get me out get me out ah! you know and everybody's going nuts and you know poor sarah's trying to help me back into whatever site that this is and so it's just like oh so we we had a big camping trip where we had multiple stops along the way and we're you know trying to get into these sites uh, and, the, and there's just something there was like this little trigger in those kids mind. The mm-hmm. second click into reverse, we need this and fruit <laughs> snacks and we can I have an applplesauce and can I? Uh. Yes. So besides that, though, wonderful, besides wonderful that. experience. We uh, love having a camper now and just kind of gives you time to just focus in on on the four of us and the. Uh, get away from all the craziness in the world right now that's awesome the uh, from my years touring that was always the scariest thing having to back up a van oh yeah it was yeah i forgot you did that form and i am i don't know how i'd rate my my art my artistry on that but i think i've gotten better but yeah if you haven't done it a ton it's it's a learning experience it's really hard so when we first got it i uh 
So the uh, grocery store, local grocery store chain went out of business a couple of years ago, and they've never filled the marsh. the spot, the marsh, right? So we live right next door. So there's this giant, empty parking lot. And so I'm like, perfect. This is, I, I will learn. Did you go spent, test? Did you go test? I spent you- hours over there with uh, uh, our camper hooked to the back of our minivan, practicing Did you bring cones? In- Did you bring cones with you? No, because there, you know, there's yellow lines on the on the parking lot. So that that that's enough. That'll be figured. I was awful. I just <laughs> and then so our very first camping trip, I pull into Brown County State Park, one of the really good parks here in Indiana, and uh, we, I'm super nervous. You know, here we go. The second we pull up, there's these two old dudes standing right by our campsite. You know, and I'm, I'm like, they're, they're just totally going to judge me because this is, so I just kind of roll down the windows and I'm like, Hey guys, how's it going? You know, and they're like, ah, yeah, good. It's good to be out camping. So we just kind of had a, a rough and a gruff, uh, (laughs) uh, man moment. And I just said, Hey guys, don't judge me. I'm new at this. And they just both went, Oh, you'll do just fine. Let's help you out. And one guy stood on one side of the van. And just kind of very kindly, he's like, oh, just turn your wheel a little bit. It was like perfect grandpa tone, just like, let me help you out. Then the other guy stood on the other side of me going, wow, man, you're doing really good. Good wow, job, buddy. they were affirmative. Way to go. Very yeah, they were super affirmative. <laughs> and I was like, this is a great first experience, you know? One guy going, well, here's how you do this. Oh, keep your hand at the bottom of the wheel. All right, yeah, turn a little bit more here, here. And then the other guy's just like, oh, you're doing so good. You're doing good. Wow. Good job, man. Wow. And then we get all backed in and we spent the whole weekend talking with them and their wives came over and it was it was a ton of fun. That was that was a crazy uh, backup experience as well. But that that is not what our podcast is about. If this was about camping, it'd be a little lopsided. I would I would not be a guest host on the show if it was about camping (laughs) other than to be a detractor. To try and convince people to not go camping. Exactly. No, what this is, is we are going to be talking about the Rocketeer today. Uh, And normally we would be taking you down memory lane of what happened this year, but we are still in 1991. So we wanted to talk 91, right, Eddie? Yeah, good year, 1991. 1991. Uh, So today we're going to give you some news on Disney movies that are happening now, the year we're at now. And Eddie, I feel like something just dropped that we may have been excited about. So let's just say this. We are heavily utilizing Disney Plus, right? Like, (laughs) uh, I think in our list, so... This this podcast would not be possible without Disney Plus. Without, it's not sponsored. It's not sponsored. Though we'll take your money if you want to. Uh, Disney Plus is starting to like realize, oh, we really need to start pushing out more original content and do some stuff. Um, I know that you and I are both watching The Right Stuff by National Geographic on there. Yes. Which is a which is a pretty good show. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's like sign up for the service worthy, but it's it's pretty good. Yep. There's a few scenes in there where we're like, this is Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> good thing we're not watching this with the kids. And then uh the the show, the show of Disney Plus that I think if they didn't have, everybody would be like, yeah, no, get back to us later is 
The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Dropping season two two. yesterday. Uh, At the time of recording. At the time of recording, which hopefully this will come out this week, and so it will be very timely timely eddie how long did you did you stay up till 2 or 3 a.m so you could watch it when it came out on the on West thursday Coast? night no no we uh we waited the full day actually we watched some of the the newer things that are that have dropped what do you mean some of the, you watched other things than this than the mandalorian so, yesterday so i'm a big i'm a big fan of the one day at disney mini uh shorts on disney plus that have been like dude they've got like hundreds of these things in the bank like every friday a new one drops i don't know if you've watched any of these i have not i i'll have to look it up while you're talking so the they did like a long form documentary which was just a um why we're a good corporation psa and it was like (laughs) okay uh but the other ones it, they're like 10 minutes long and they highlight the random jobs that people okay. have at the big le- like at the Disney corporation level. So like this week day at Disney is that, what you're, is that what this is called? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, it was like one of the college basketball announcers for ESPN and they just did like a quick human interest piece on him. Um, they like do the guy who manages the studio ranch called Golden Oaks Ranch out there in California where like they have the large backlot sets. And so it's just like follow him around for the day and like how he does it and to the guy who operates the trains at Disneyland to even like the CEO to a Pixar sculptor like they just. All these random jobs all across the Disney corporation. And you chose and to really watch and you chose to watch that instead of watching The Mandalorian. Well, so the Mandalorian is special, right? So you like you hold that like that is I guess you gotta event. wait till the kids fall asleep. I guess the kids have gotta go to bed. Time. You gotta pop some popcorn, you gotta get yourself a little event. drink, and you gotta sit down and you gotta you gotta be able to enjoy that. But then so leading up to that, we watch all the other new things that come out on Friday. Uh, Friday's my day off, so we've got a little, you know, it's a little bit more extra time there together. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom is a big hit in our household. Of course. We've got to watch that. Of course. That, that makes total sense. How did you feel watching the first watching the first one? I don't know how much we should give away in this in this <laughs> podcast for people who haven't seen it. Because everything well, else I, we're doing, we're like spoiler free. It's been out for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, you should you should already know. Um so it, it took me like 30 seconds to remember, oh, this is very, it's in a very episodic show. Like each episode is a contained story that mm-hmm. gently nudges the greater story forward. It, it right? definitely went back to, it, it felt like another episode of the first season where it's like, okay, now we're continuing the story. There's a new slight difference. He's looking for, I don't think it gives anything away. He's looking for more Mandalorian to help him on his mm-hmm. journey to get baby yoda back to uh the child the child the child Sorry. well hold up i think we actually have someone who can weigh in on this on what what the name is um hey baby yoda oh, can you um tell me a little bit about what you're, you where have you're from? one of these what was that what again in the world? What in the world? 
I think I I don't know if I told Eddie about this that we got one and it's an animatronic Baby Yoda, and it can use the force too. I just don't know how to get it to do the force. It does it randomly. Come on, do the force, Baby Yoda. Anyways, so Baby Yoda right here says no. Its name is Baby Yoda, and it's if you because it's this is a podcast. It's animatronic and it moves and stuff. And we paid a good bit of money for it, but it. It's very cute. And it is very the, cute, and it sounds exactly like it, and it kind of sounds like our daughter. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it'll use the force at times, and it'll like get real tired. But there was there was definitely some great Baby Yoda moments in yes. this first episode, packed with little moments, like when it comes out of the out of the out of the can or whatever, and it kind of lifts his head up. I may have done a screenshot of that and put that on Instagram right away. So it, it felt. Just like the first season, the things we loved brought in a big name actor into it. Um, yeah, for the moment because a lot, a lot of times it's kind of side actors or whatever brought Timothy Oliphant into this. It's not anything anyone doesn't know about. Well, and John L- yeah. Liguizamo was in there as well. He voiced one <gasps> of the more alien-like characters. Oh, he did. Which one was he? The mm-hmm. opening opening guy that there in that or who who was he? The Cyclops guy. That's right. I, yes, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I did not know. Yeah. I did not recognize that. But no, it was definitely fun to have it back, and we are fully engaged in another season. And actually, and, when and we were at the we were at the store, it was like, man, we got to pace ourselves. Through go this is like, no, honey, Disney's pacing it for us because they're only doing one, one a week. It's just like, I like oh, that. I do. I really <laughs> do like that. Like Stranger Things on Netflix, we can't it control ourselves. No, we just watch it all it in like a day and a half. Um, no, and this, this this season, at least in this episode, just really leaned into the Western feel. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when he walks into that town, it's like a perfect Star Wars ghost town. Mm-hmm. I'm I, the second he starts going into that town. I'm like, yes, I love it. He's even got I don't know what is supposed to be rattling on his boots, but it even sounds like spurs. Yeah, as he's yeah. walking through. Hey, speaking of spurs, have I ever given you my spurs advice? No. Don't ever squat while wearing spurs. <laughs> Thank you for that dad joke, Eddie. Well, anyways, we don't want to spoil too much about uh, The Mandalorian because we want you to go out and watch it yourself. So I think this is a good time for us to pivot towards what we're really about. Yeah, I think that was a good I think that was a good segue. A bad dad joke. Uh, Let's let's really talk about what we're here to talk about, which is The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Are you going to. Eddie, you missed it. Oh, I missed it. You missed it. Cue the Disneyest sound effect. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you for doing your job. <laughs> you had one job. I one job. You had one job. Uh, so let's go to the IMDb description of this. Let me get my voice ready. <clears throat> a young pilot stumbles <laughs> onto a prototype jetpack that allows him to become a high-flying mast hero. End scene. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good description. We've had some other duds that's on here. That's, that's pretty accurate. That's um, accurate. Eddie. Uh, you hold all of the nostalgia for this because I, this was my first time seeing it again. What? I know. 
I know. You've never, you had never seen the Rocketeer prior to this. I had never seen it. And in fact, I was, I was looking up some pieces um, while I was on my lunch break at work and a coworker looked over next to me. He's like, what, what is that? (gasps) Is that the Rocketeer? I love the Rocketeer. And I'm like, yeah, I've never seen it. Like you haven't seen it. So go for it. Rail against me. Had, had Colby seen it? No, she had not either. Your face for the podcast listeners is shocked <laughs> right now. So, wow. Okay. Um, you, you're reevaluating our entire friendship. I'm right reevaluating, reevaluating so my here. life choices. Like, coming up on our list, we're going to cover Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, which you haven't seen either. And that's understandable. It's the deep cut. Uh, shipwrecked. That's understandable. All right. Deep the Rocketeer now has like a cult-like cult. following amongst us Disney '90s kids, right? Um, this was on repeat. Like, I <laughs> would strap my backpack to my back and fly around our house. Like this was, <laughs> I was. Rocketeer was in the echelonch of, if I'm saying that word right, of, of, yeah, echelon of, of superheroes I wanted to be like Batman and the Rocketeer. Wow. That is high. Cause he was like, he's just like a normal dude that just happened to find something and he's fighting Nazis and he's going after his girl just a normal, average, uh, <sighs> incredibly good uh, pilot, good-looking pilot who is dating an actress, yeah. Jennifer yes. Connelly. Uh, uh, a, an aspiring <laughs> actress. Aspiring yeah. actress, yes, we should put that, but still, nonetheless, it's and, Jennifer and, Connelly. And I love this era. Like My parents often joked, even when I was a kid, how I was born in the wrong era, because I love like all things like 30s, 40s, and 50s. <laughs> Um, cause my, one of my other favorite movies as a kid growing up was Dick Tracy, which was kind of put out by Disney. It was put out by their touchstone pictures, uh, branch. Um, I couldn't get enough of that. Like just kind of the 30, 40s comic book mobster stories like that. Well, if you loved, if you love Dick Tracy, there's a lot of Tommy guns in this, a lot of Hoover FBI agents chasing people. There's everywhere. so many good moments, right? It, this you tell me you enjoyed this. I I I, I had a smile on my face watching a it's lot. It's so a lot of good. This, it's just fun. I don't know about the word good, but it, it put a smile on my face. The 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 fun. It, it was funny. It was definitely humorous I, watching this. I I'm gonna guess your two most favorite moments. I, this was okay. I was I was I'm ready for this. I think number one is when Eddie Valentine turns the gun on Neville Sinclair and says, I may not make an honest living, but I'm 100% American. I literally wrote it. I stopped the movie <laughs> and I, wrote, I went back and I wrote it down word for word to make sure I didn't miss what Did just you see? happened. I didn't need to write it down. I had it's that amazing. Memorized. It was amazing. The second. The second I, it's not a line. It's a moment. It's when the rock, it's shortly thereafter. He climbs to the top of Griffith Observatory and 
we need to talk about the director, Joe Johnson, here in a second. Joe Johnson perfectly frames the shot that he flies off to go get the, the girls from the Nazis. Up on the little pedestal, he's gets into like the rocketeer pose that's like on the poster. And old glory is just <laughs> waving in the background. And the smoke perfectly billows <laughs> out. And old glory stands as the rocketeer goes to fight the fascists. It was that was, am- your, that was your second. Those two are at the top of my list of so good. the pinnacle moments of this film. That line where the mobster turns and he's been doing bad things. He's been killing people, bringing them half all, uh, all, all movie. And then he turns it on the guy who's like, but there's something worse than me murdering people. It's not being an American. Nazi. It's I'm a hundred percent American. We can all, and that's, that's really what we're missing in 2020, right? Is we don't we have do. one villain that we're all against. Yeah. We need we need some more we Nazis in villain. our lives. Uh, that's that's not <laughs> that's, that's not that's not that's not the the moral consequence we want it. We want to get from this movie. The the other subsequent scene that is beautiful in that is the moment where Eddie Valentine and the FBI agent are like Tommy gunning the, the oh, Nazis yeah. next to each other. And they just kind of turn and wink to each other and then keep Tommy gunning. I'm like, yes. <laughs> the, so so we get we get we're obviously we know the FBI is trying to find these guys who stole it. And the whole time you're wondering, what is uh, this? The the main bad guy? What or why is he wanting this so bad? I'm like, are they going to ever turn this or is it just a a billionaire or a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, just trying to get the nest latest tech? I'm like, what's happening? I was not ready for the Nazi turn. I was not emotionally ready for all of a sudden it's like, but he's secretly a Nazi. Yes. (laughs) I I just kind of lost track of like, oh yeah, we're in the thirties right now. And that was all the rage. Um, yeah. At that time. But I I loved the, the trying to throw in some real people in there. Like Howard Hughes. There was another director. I forgot his name that they threw in there. Uh, we do get some Clark uh, Gable. You get a little Clark Gable, Clark Gable, I do enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed uh, some of the random actors in this, including John Locke from Lost. Yeah, plays Howard Hughes. We also get Jan from The Office, right center I, stage in the club. Sarah was like, "Wait, is that?" And I was That's like, yeah. Jan. That was Jan. Also, I just want to say this. T- so Timothy Dalton, the actor. Yep. I'm a hundred percent sure. I'm pretty confident that. He started an, a voice acting school and Sean Bean went to that school. I could not stop <laughs> thinking about He sounds really familiar. What is that? It's freaking Sean Bean from Lord of the Rings. It's almost rough. to a T the way that he pronounces things. I'm like, are these, these guys have to be related because there's just too much overlap in it. But the whole movie is, I, I saw someone put it that it's unironic, pure 1930s. Like they mm-hmm. weren't trying to be self-revelatory. They weren't trying to have a third, or I don't know what the right word is for it, but like be aware of what they're doing. They were just like, we're just going to make a America, America, hundred percent good guys, bad guys, trying to save the world. Um, no, they they America. lean into, uh, you know, the mobsters, the cars, mm-hmm. the the South Seas Club. You know, like. And of course, 
you know, you've get uh, Griffith Observatory, which is just this classic um, architecture. Yeah. Um, and that's I, I love Art Deco style to begin with. And so like they, they just like the post, layer it and layer it. The poster for this is incredible with him. Oh, yeah. Jutting off into space and like the lines and everything like that. It's it's one of the best movie posters I've ever seen. It's it's iconic. I kind of want to get it and put it up my wall. I think we can replace part of, this this poster behind me right here. This uh, <laughs> this art behind me and, and the helmet, right? Like the, the helmet, helmet is so uh, unique, but works. If that makes sense, like there's sometimes where you, they try and do something try that's unique and it's too. Yeah, too much. That helmet is just so brilliant, which I read a little story as we were getting ready for this, where. Uh, then CEO Michael Eisner, who was notorious for getting too involved in the details of movies, really wanted the Rocketeer to wear like a a space helmet. (laughs) Like what the, you know, and they were like, "Mm, no. And like, he apparently like fought them for months on end. I'm like, interesting. Yeah. That, that would have changed a lot of the feel. Yeah. A lot of the nostalgia of this, if there he is just with like a fishbowl helmet. Yeah, exactly. And, well, one, because then you can see him and you know who is. Now, His granted, identity. this is also in the age of uh, Superman where all he has to do is wear some spec- some specs and all of a sudden no one has any idea who it is. I, I get that all the time. I take my glasses off and people are like, who are you? Who are, are you? you a superhero? I don't know. I did where I did fool. I did have a moment yesterday because uh, yesterday today is Halloween. Then when we were recording this yesterday, uh, we were wearing uh, hol- we were like in, encouraged to wear Halloween costumes to work if we so desired. Someone came as uh, Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, and he was a perfect yes. Ron Swanson. Yes, saw another guy from Fight Club, uh, but I decided to wear. Was he allowed to tell you? Uh, he didn't say a word. I just kind of knew. It was just okay. kind of like a wink, wink. And so I decided because I am not a Tennessean by any means, but I live here that I would spend 20 bucks on a giant orange Tennessee shirt and a camo hat with a Tennessee logo, University of Tennessee logo, <laughs> just complete opposite of everything, all my own quote unquote personal brand or whatever. And I fool and so many people just walked right past me and all I had different was a t-shirt and a hat and no, and tons of people didn't recognize me. Someone actually was like, I thought there was a stranger sitting at your desk working on stuff. Seriously. <laughs> just because I never wear camo and I'm not wearing flashy, bright orange, like safety cone orange. So maybe this is maybe, maybe having just a, a space helmet is all you need. So maybe we shouldn't try <coughs> Michael Eisner. Wow. Wow. There's definitely a couple uh-huh. other uh, great silly lines in here uh, when they're fighting uh. in the uh, I want to say dirigible, but that's not the right word for Zeppelin the, the Zeppelin. Yes. Uh, when he says, uh, where's your stunt man now, Sinclair? He says, I do my own. I do stunts. my own stunts. Uh, that was great. <laughs> Get a real job. And it lends into people punching each other. Um, the fact that his character is called. <laughs> Uh, Sinclair's character on the movie they're filming in the thing uh, is called The Laughing Bandit and his name is Sir Reginald. <laughs> just like some just dumb things like that. Or like when he's trying to get to 
Jenny and he can't and everything's getting in his way. And there's some dude with the random tambourine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we can't just like make it kind of the, a lot of people. It's gotta be like, this person has a giant has a, is holding a baby and this person has a tambourine and this is, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And it's because they're not trying to be ironic. They're literally just making you feel like you're in a 1930s ish movie, even though it was made all the way in 1991. What, uh, I liked the little moment where when he the uh, Neville Sinclair falls out of the air and blows up and he just happens. He's the reason why the Hollywood land sign now just says Hollywood. Oh, I didn't catch that. Did you catch that? I did not catch that. Because, you know, the sign used to say Hollywood Hollywood Land. land and now it just says Hollywood there on the hillside. He falls and, you know, the rocket blows up. And he perfectly blows up the land. No, stop. And it falls down. And how they did zoom I miss back that? And you just see Hollywood. Yeah, how did you miss that? I need to go back and watch that because that's incredible. I was like, I'm going to yes. show my wife that because she would. Appreciate I love that. the little nods of like, this is how that piece of history happened. This is how <laughs> that happened. I appreciated their uh, the police report afterwards where they said uh, uh, Sinclair died while a piece of the of the zeppelin uh hit his travel his touring vehicle. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's not true at all. I um, love the uh in rewatching this, I forgot really just how much I love the I don't even remember his name, but just like the giant oh beast my, of a man. The giant man. The giant man who goes, you know, breaks into the the ho- the the hospital room and then he breaks into their house and everything and, he and can't my talk favorite at all he can't talk face mask and my favorite line in all of those is where's the rocket where's the rocket the rocket where's the rocket he says that like every single moment the rocket where's the <laughs> rocket <laughs> I just and loved it what was funny though is then once uh, when he then gets pushed out of <laughs> or when he comes sliding in, then Neville Sinclair has an actually somewhat human moment of just like, oh, and he says the guy's name. I'm trying to look at, I can't find the guy's name on the, the list here. Um, and he like is genuinely sad that his body guy that like does all his dirty work for him is, is like dead, like presumably dead. And he's like, oh, okay. Lothar. Lothar. His name is the character's name is Lothar. Yeah, when Lothar, yes. when Lothar dot, when Lothar quote unquote dies, but then he comes back, he has that moment. It's like Lothar, and I'm just like, is that going to be the one human moment you have in there? Is your 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 dirty work guy that can't even talk? Where's the rocket? <laughs> Where's the rocket? With its face he, mask on. He he was played, no lie, the actor's name is Tiny Ron Taylor. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> that is so fantastic. No, that is a fun character. Like, that kind of makes it even feel more like, like 1930s mm-hmm. era. You've got the mobster and you've got the random, like, hitman. That is almost comical. Yep. I appreciated the way that they approached the character of the Rocketeer where he 
he's clumsy. He's having a hard time figuring it out. He does have understanding of flying because he's a pilot. But at the same time, most of the time he's using that suit. He is not like a, oh, you better watch out. He's going to do a triple axle, whatever. Kind of like what we expect from Iron Man. But he right. is clumsy. He's running into things. He's not really totally sure what he's doing when he's inside the club and he's destroying the whole club because he doesn't well, have a good handle on it. Most of this movie like takes place in the course of like a day and a half, two days. Yeah. So he doesn't so, have I mean, the time. He doesn't have the the montage scene where he really tries things out. It's like, no, you're you're clumsily figuring it out just to do what's right or whatever. Right. What's so sad is they had intended on doing sequels to this. But it didn't make enough money. But it actually, in its initial release, bombed at the box office. Yeah, so I got like fourth that weekend as it was going up yeah. against some other bigger movies. Yeah, I think this is before Disney like figured out how to play the box office game of don't release your movie when other big ones are coming out. Exactly. No, it, which is sad because I think... I would have enjoyed that much better than like, I don't know if you've seen there's a new Disney junior show where it's like this little girl is now the rocketeer and it's a, yeah, like, it's a Disney junior show that is just kind of has a little bit of rocketeer branding and the helmet. And I believe right. that Billy Campbell actually plays the the father that hands down. Oh, um, really? He, yeah. He actually voices the character that vo- that hands down the jetpack to his daughter, <laughs> to his daughter. The timing definitely doesn't work <laughs> because if this is supposed to be a 1930s, like to now, yeah. it doesn't really work time wise. But with a grain of salt, like maybe that show doesn't take place directly in 2019 and when it came out. Um, but you're right. They did retry, try to remake some of it and usher it on into a new a new world. Yeah, this movie for 1991 it it's actually fairly advanced. Like there's some pretty and uh, amazing special effects. I think Joe Johnston definitely built upon Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mm-hmm. and used some unique like stop motion. Worked with ILM to create some pretty impressive you know moments there. Um, especially as they took know, on the could, lousy Krauts. Took on the Krauts. <laughs> That's the other crazy moment. Like the second where like. A whole, I don't know, SWAT team, platoon, a platoon yeah, of, of, like, of Germans, like in full Nazi uniform, just and, happened to be in the bushes. And how just did nobody to be see, in the bushes? And how would nobody <clears throat> see a giant Zeppelin flying over Los Angeles? Well, that was intended. <laughs> Remember, they planted that at the beginning of the movie when they they went to the movies, and there's a newsreel. I definitely was not fully aware while watching this movie that I missed those moments. Well, you've only watched it one time. I've only I'm watched like it a, one time. I'm like a hundred viewings in here. Uh, oh they do plant that where it's like they're on a peace tour, which is an interesting point. Like the movie takes place when there was still the debate of are the Nazis as evil as they seem to be? You know, are they going to try and take over the world? Oh, yes, 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 they are. Yes, they are. But there is that element where you're like, if you don't remember that this was like the mid 30s, you're like, how does a giant Zeppelin with a swastika on the side of it make itself all the way to L.A.? Well, it's like, okay, then they weren't sure. (laughs) Give them credit. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So how would you Uh, what what kind of fruit snack rating are you going to be giving this movie, Eddie? Oh, this is heavily uh, nostalgia influenced. 
even like I think last year at Christmas, my nephew got this on DVD because my mom still buys everybody DVDs. Of course. Uh, we stopped and watched this all together and had so much fun. Uh, I, I got to give it. I'm going to give it four. Four out of five. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm probably going to give it two and a half. Two and a half? I'm going to give it two and a half. No, it's at least worth a full three. Come on. Full three. I, it was, it's slapstick funny to me. I wasn't, and I don't have any nostalgia built up to it. It was fun. I, it was, it was fun. It was, it was, a, there's been other movies that I've thought worse of than this movie, but. Thought worse of. I, I thought worse of. I don't know if that's a proper grammar it's, it's an interesting way to think of this it 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 didn't it didn't it was funny it was enjoyable i didn't hate it but i wouldn't say that i loved watching this this movie it was a one-timer I, i'm glad i watched it a one-timer yeah i don't know that i would turn this on again sorry i love it i love it i uh i also love the music i think the score is phenomenal james horner the rocketeer suite I listen to it on my own all the time. Um, so, I, I could see this as being a good reboot. Well, they tr- so they've been trying. Well, for one, they 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 said in 2016 that they were going to try to. There had some people attached to work on making a script for it. Uh, we haven't really had much news since. I think there might have been something recently about it. But you know what? They actually did make a version of this for tw- for. Um, more modern day. You know what movie that was that they made? Oh. Tomorrowland. Oh, Tomorrowland. Okay. There are so many shades of this movie yeah. in that from the actual jetpack that the little boy makes in uh, uh-huh. the opening section. But then there's also a callback to Beeman's gum when she is coming out of uh, being arrested and she posts bail in her hat and the, they're giving her stuff back and here's a hat, here's this. One Beeman's gum, and I'm like, why did they go to the extent of saying Beeman's gum? Like, why is that right. such a big deal? It's a rocket. And so reference. when I saw the Beeman's gum, I was like, oh, and they had a huge product placement in the end of the movie. Here, you're gonna always need some Beeman's gum when you go up into the air <laughs> yeah. from Howard Hughes. And I was like, there, it clicked with me. I had already been feeling the shades of uh, Rocketeer, of Rocketeer, and Tomorrowland, the correlation between the two. Uh, but when I saw the Beeman's gum, I was like. That's what this. That's what this was. So yes, they have kind of made it because with a female uh, lead actress, and instead of it being sure. just locally, it's like we're going to save the entire world from global warming. That's that or, or climate change or whatever. That and and just dis- and self destructing. That's that's the way that they would remake this movie. Yeah, it's funny how many people do reference the Rocketeer, the Rocketeer, as like an influence or as a favorite movie as a kid growing up. Um, you know, I think the Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof behind uh, Tomorrowland would have have both said that. Yep. Yeah. It's it's good though. Uh, did you watch it with the kids or did you go without? No, I had to watch it um, on my own just to get it, get it, get it. In in time for this podcast. I, I was a bad parent and let Lewis watch most of it. Did you feel bad and, watching, letting and, him watch it? And, and at the end, my, Sarah was like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, yeah, 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe, maybe. not really a kid's eh. movie. It's PG. It's a 90s PG, though. The 90s PG. I mean, it's not 80s PG, but it is 90s PG. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's funny. How? So we kind of talked a little bit of like how it would be different in 2020. Um, do you think that there are some unintended morals of the story? Oh, yes. Here? Oh, yes. I think one of which is uh, there's one thing that unites us all as Americans. It's hating the Nazis. Hating the Nazis. There's something worse yeah. than being a mob get mobster. It's being... Being a Nazi. Being a Nazi. At least I'm not a Nazi. And it's something we all need in 2020 to reunite us. So, fight the secret Nazis. There's no kids in this movie, so we can't really talk about if their parents were dead because we didn't really hear anything about. At, well, we didn't really talk about uh, the f- kind of father figure. I don't know if you call him the father figure. Alan, Alan Arkin's Alan character. Arkin. character. I enjoyed Alan Arkin. He was good. He had more it's hair just in kind of a now. solid. Yeah. <laughs> like a solid. Uh, I don't know, sidekick character. Q or um, Michael Caine's uh, in Batman, just that sidekick. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Or not even not even that. It'd be more like the Q in the James Bond world. But yeah, yeah I, I love the scene it. where his character is telling Howard Hughes how he could have built his thing better. It's just yes. standard aviation, aeronautics. Standard, standard. Yeah, because <laughs> Howard Hughes doesn't know anything about that. But yeah. Oh goodness. But yeah. Uh, any dad tips from this? From this? From this movie? Yeah. Wait till your kids are a little bit older than mine, maybe <laughs> to watch this. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it does. Though speak to. Uh, I don't know. I enjoyed growing up watching some of these good versus evil, somewhat silly movies. You know. Yeah. Um. I I think that there's just a lot of. A lot of fun to be had, but also that just kind of, yeah, understanding that there is just, there's good and there is bad. Thanks for listening to another episode. Eddie, we always try to come up with a question for our listeners, for them to answer a poll question. Do we have a poll question for today's, other, uh, uh, maybe a non-Nazi related one? <laughs> a non-Nazi related one. Um I, somehow I feel like we could come up with another chewing gum question based off of oh, we, uh, White Fang. Oh, you know, yeah. There, there's a chewing back. gum. This is a, the, the Disney chewing gum the era. Theme. Their year. This is the chewing is gum this year. A, is this a secret Disney chewing gum universe? I think it is. Uh, I think it is. Like the Cornetto trilogy. The, Cornetto uh, the uh, question I'm curious is, would would you have just called the FBI straight up and circumvented the whole thing or would you have strapped on the rocket? That's a great question. I think we all want to know the answer to that. Because I think there there are, I think most people would have just been like, I'm just calling the FBI. That's my guess, is that most would have just been, uh, no, the FBI were just, this is obvious what they were looking for. I'm you, just would Hoover. Hand Hoover. you would have trusted Hoover. You would have trusted Hoover. Yeah, we would have tr- trusted the G-men. Trust the G-men, because we're 100% American, Eddie. I, no, I was going to say, I'm curious what, how many people would actually have strapped on the rocket like Clifford. Yes. So please go to our website, honeywemade.com slash listener, and you can answer that poll question and any poll question from our previous films. And while you're there, you can see what movies we're going to be doing next on our website. We've got the full list, everything from 1988 to 2005 that we're going to be covering. And if we've already covered it, a link to those episodes 
But Eddie, you gotta. You said you gotta run. Yes, I need to go get a little boy in his uh, baby Yoda costume so we can go trick or treating. Nice. I gotta go pick up some more Beeman's gum. So, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>